Good morning, everyone. It is good to be with you here today. Um, just off the bat, I'll, I'll keep it real. Uh, it has not been the best start to the new year for me. Um, the Seahawks, they lost their playoff game uh, to the Rams, but like sincerely, congratulations to all three of you Rams fans out there. Uh, and uh, uh, also, more importantly than that, uh, we've had like a crazy stressful moment um, at our nation's capital, which at least for me sparked a lot of emotionally charged conversations and um, like on my social media feed and amongst my friends um, over the phone. So when I say that it's, it's good to be here with you, like it really is good to be here with you. It's good to be amongst the people of God and amongst my family um, when, the world, my, when my world is like all topsy-turvy. Um, Pastor Corey, he, uh, he wanted to be here today, but uh, his family has some illness, so just out of some caution, um, I get to be uh, on deck, and so uh, here we are. Um, and as much as I would love to continue uh, the Daniel series that we've been going over, which uh, Kylie came and painted the second half of the sign, which, are, which is uh, talking about standing, what it means to stand up for God and our public witness, um, today we're going to take a slight detour. Um, we're going to go over to the book of Isaiah for a message that the Lord's put on my heart, and you'll also get a little window into what we've been talking about in youth group. Um, so please join me in prayer. Uh, God, thank you so much just for your faithfulness today. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to um, speak through me and that you would um, continue to work in a mighty way. Jesus, you are so good. We trust you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. So I hope you've uh, adjusted being back to work uh, or school and that your uh, New Year's convictions are still going strong from last week. Um, something that I've been looking forward to in the new year um, has been Winter Vision, which is our youth camp that takes place over Martin Luther King weekend um, and which I got to help plan as uh, one, of the, one of the leaders for that camp. As I was reflecting on my New Year's convictions and, and the past year, I recalled that for last year's camp, I thought I had, had this brilliant idea to suggest that for that, that year's theme, uh, since it's called Winter Vision and that year was, was going to be 2020, that it would be like 2020 vision, seeing God clearly or something to that effect. I was like, yes, my pun game is on point, right? I thought it was, I thought it was a brilliant idea. And in retrospect, um, it, it actually wasn't that original of an idea since I told Andrew and then he just did a Google search and apparently a lot of churches and a lot of organizations use that for their activities. Um, and so I'm glad the camp directors decided to not go with my idea for that reason and because there's no way that I would have had like the 2020 vision to, to see uh, all the craziness that would have unfolded this year, right? Like I imagine most people's vision casting didn't include like a worldwide pandemic and all the political chaos that has uh, accompanied it. But that kind of just got me thinking, like as, as cringeworthy as my, my 2020 vision idea was, um, given like my complete lack of preparedness for this past year and knowing what we know now, like I think it might be helpful to re-examine this idea of, of vision, right? We sang, be thou my vision. So like what does that look like, especially in the midst of our present circumstances? Um, so let's look at Isaiah 40, 25 to 31. It reads, To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth 
each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. When I was, uh, when I was in high school, I was listening to a talk uh, by, by, I think it was a pastor, and I don't exactly remember what he was talking about, um, but there, I remember in particular there was an illustration that really stuck with me. He shared how every year he would struggle with seasonal depression, um, and how as soon as he saw the springtime rolling around, he knew that for a couple months he would start to get depressed, and so uh, he just grew to anticipate that every year. However, like when he got married, he said that he was having such a great time that all of a sudden he got to summertime and he realized he had totally forgotten to be depressed. And uh, he, like, he was supposed to be depressed for every year for a few months and he just totally missed it. And I remember like, as a high schooler being like, wow, like, I hope that when I get married, like, I can have like, a marriage as great as that. Right? And, and now that I'm uh, at marrying age, like, I've, I just hope, wish the solution to my problems would be as simple as forgetting about them. Um, but let me just say for disclaimer purposes that, like, Kylie, I really, am ex uh, I really love you and I'm excited to get married to you. But uh, I know that, um, and, and while, I know that like, I, while I hope that it would be great to have a marriage that, that helps me solve a lot of my problems, I know that no human relationship or, or new hobby or anything can uh, truly satisfy. But I think there's something to taking our eyes off of our issues and putting it on something greater, right? And that's, that's sort of what's happening here in Isaiah. Only instead of turning our eyes away from, like, say, depression or what, what have you, like, and focusing on a marriage, God is turning Israel's eyes away from their circumstances and onto his power, his love, and renewed covenant with them. Prior to this passage, uh, Israel was having a rough couple centuries, not just years, whole centuries, right? Their, their eyes were on the, the fact that they had spent the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, they had, spent, uh, they had had warnings from God about this impending judgment uh, before Jerusalem and most of Israel with it was sent off into exile into a foreign land. Despite the Israelites doing the, the right things, they were still very wicked, Isaiah 29:13 says, "These people come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based merely on human rules they have been taught." And so they have deceived themselves into believing that they were doing the right things, when in reality God says that he hates their worship. He hates it, and he's rejecting it. Uh, this delusion is why they do not listen to Isaiah when he preached his message and why it says later that they have paid for their sins many times over. Thankfully, um, after a 70-year period of exile, uh, G the Jews were finally allowed to return home. And this is where we find our passage. In chapter 40, 
God paints this, this beautiful picture for the Israelites of reconciliation and new life. They are his, to be his servants and to bless the nations, which is a wonderful contrast from years of suffering and struggle. Unfortunately for the Jews, uh, their joy was short-lived. Like Exile had really done a number on these people, and although God wanted to share his comfort with, with them, they failed to grasp the greatness of his plan, and so they still couldn't take their eyes off of their, their own problems and look to God. Right? In verse 27 it says, Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by God. It seems that Israel, instead of acting as a witness uh, to the nations, not only complains, but has the audacity to accuse God of not heeding their troubles. Right? Exile has caused them to lose their faith in the Lord, and they end up being just as hard-hearted and stiff-necked as their ancestors were previously. And I couldn't help, like, as I was reading this passage and thinking through it, draw, start to draw parallels to kind of how we are right now, right? We might not be exiles in, in our home country, and hopefully uh, that pandemic won't last for 70 years, but our community and way of life has been drastically altered in a way that, I'm, that might make it feel foreign, right, or unfamiliar and scary, right? We might feel like exiles in our own homes, isolated from much of what we have known and grown accustomed to. And there's a certain uh, discomfort and pain ranging from sickness and death to political turmoil to changes in our community that can make it difficult right, for, for us and lead to our own complaints that we lodge towards God. And we say, like, why is so-and-so uh, so unreasonable? Right? Or why is God allowing my loved one to suffer? Or why, why, is, why is our government in this kind of mess right now? Or like, where, God, where are you in all of this? Right? We, we're, we might ask those questions of God. Or, or if you're like myself, maybe you're not doubting God's goodness per se. But like the nation of Israel, like I, I find myself constantly having to fight the temptation of my heart becoming hard, right? If I'm not careful, my own mini like pandemic exile experience, right? I could produ- it could produce some hard-hearted tendencies in me. And so some of the things that I've noticed where my, where my heart's becoming hard and that like I've had to either call out in myself or like Kylie's been like, hey, you need to watch out for that. Like the, the three things I've noticed are like my, my willingness to put more trust in my own strength and in man-made vaccines and in entertainment rather than God to get me through difficult seasons of my life, which is similar to how the Israelites trusted in their own strength instead of God's. Um, The second one is that I I admit to being guilty to logging into online small group and church service because I know it'd be good for me if I did that. And but then I remain like disengaged or like I multitask or whatever because uh, being on another Zoom call is kind of exhausting for me. And I'd rather keep up with appearances than deal with like the actual problems, the real issues that are going on in my heart. Kind of how Israelites have the appearance of doing the right things, but their hearts were far from God. And, and lastly, um, one of the things that I've noticed is that I've been quick to dismiss my, my and other people's pain. Um, and then, like, I try to rush through the grieving process um, because, it, like, honestly, it, it, pain sucks. And I don't want to have to accept that this, season, that this is actually a season that God might have for me, that I might actually have to sit through and, 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 and cry out to him. 
And th that's kind of like how the false prophets, they labeled uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah's prophecies of a 70-year exile like that was coming. They, they labeled that as like, that's fake news. That's not, that's not real, right? Because they were more concerned with comfort rather than repentance. And so these are just a few of the things that I've noticed um, that I've tried to and failed to cope with some of the challenges going on around me, um, this week included. And it was convicting for me to notice that my struggles and, and maybe some of you can, can identify with this as well, just about, about my struggles aren't too dissimilar from that of the Israelites and how I need to check my heart lest I also miss that message that they missed. Um, thankfully for us, the passage doesn't end with the Israelites complaining to God and God sending them back into exile for their foolishness. God takes their eyes off of their circumstances and instead directs it onto himself. He is all-powerful, right? Verse 26 says, Lift up your eyes to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. So in one fell swoop, God simultaneously, uh, he addresses Israel's complaints and he demonstrates his power, that, is, that his power is not to be feared or taken advantage of, but that, it, that this means that God is wholly loving and, able and capable of caring for his people, right? Some people view God as this omnipotent, like, big judge that's far off, but uh, it's actually the opposite, right? Beca because of his great power, that enables him to love us. Um, and so for today, I want to remind us th of the simple fact that God truly is loving, um, despite what the, our circumstances or like people in the world might try to say. Like our complaints aren't too big for us, uh, for him to handle, and he's not too powerful or too far off to help us. The Israelites had heard this message of God's power, redemption, and restoration, and they chose to harden their hearts toward it. God in his mercy and in his power was... Um, will still bring about his will and plans for his people, but they forfeited what could have been theirs. My prayer is that when we hear this same message that God has for us, that we do not harden our hearts and continue to go through the motions, but rather turn to him so that we don't take those pandemic exile tendencies, those, those bad habits um, with us when we when, when we exit our, our, this season of life, but that we continue to have renewed hearts and perspectives. Uh, one of the things that Kylie and I enjoy doing uh, for our date nights is watching a movie or watching something on, on, on the TV. And one movie that came to mind for me as it pertains to this sermon was the Academy Award-nominated uh, cinematic masterpiece, Frozen 2. And... In that movie, uh, I won't spoil the plot if you haven't seen it. You can see it on Disney Plus if you want. But uh, in that movie, there's a total side plot where Kristoff, he's trying to find uh, the words to say to propose to, hit, to Aunt Princess Anna, but he's having uh, miscommunications with her. And she ends up leaving him behind to go save her sister. And, and Kristoff, he, he has this, this musical number where, where he's literally lost in the woods. Um, it's called Lost in the Woods. He's literally lost in the woods. But it, there's a, it's a deeper metaphor about feeling like he's drifting apart in his relationship. And uh, the chorus, it goes like this. Uh, now I turn around and find I am lost in the woods. North is south, right is left when you are gone.
right? And he's like super passionate, like like emotional love song, right? And for some reason, this song was stuck in my head when I was thinking about this sermon. And so my brain started making this connection to my to our own circumstances, right? Um, one one other struggle I've had during during this season has been like seeing the like the immediacy of my own circumstances, right? Like one one little thing will go wrong and it'll totally throw me off my game. Like um and that's that I'm and I, I took a, a like a test and it was told me like what I was lacking was called resiliency or the ability to to keep going when when things get hard. Like sometimes when I wasn't doing well, that was, that was like the main thing that I needed to to grow in. Um or put another way, right? I I get lost in the woods of my own circumstances, so to speak. And when you're depressed, or like, let's be honest, even when it's wintertime and it, it gets darker quicker, right? You, you tend to get a little bit exhausted faster when you're, um, when you're scrolling through the news, you get exhausted faster. Um, and as a notorious people pleaser who's in a helping profession, I like rarely find that I have time to take care of my own, my own issues or my own heart. Um, and so the longer I put off tending my own issues, the larger they loom until they tower above me like giant trees in a dark forest. Thankfully for me, our passage concludes like this. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary and they will walk and not grow faint. So frankly, like it's, I've been very exhausted, um, much more so than I normally am. And even though I've been stressed and can't seem to see past the hulking forest that is all my all my issues, um, this passage gives me hope because those it says those who hope in God, right? Not our own strength or man-made structures, but those who hope in God, will have their strength renewed. And it isn't just strength to run faster or try harder or be more productive. No, that's too, that's too often what we're hoping for and too often what we'll settle for. But hoping in God means that we will soar on wings like eagles and it means that we won't be trapped in a dark forest full of our problems, but that we'll be able to see the entire forest from start to finish. We'll be able to appreciate the beautiful changing colors of the trees and appreciate the biodiversity that God has created and we'll know exactly where we're trying to go. When we hope in the Lord, our strength isn't the only thing that's renewed. Our perspective is too. When I think back on, on, at the beginning of this, uh, of this past year, and it, it feels comical to me that I was so hyped up on, on 2020 vision, right? As, 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 as if that was something that I could, could foresee or plan or like that I could implement. Like what's my vision, right? But I'm reminded that when I read Isaiah 40:31. That true vision is all about seeing our circumstances from God's perspective. It helps me not stress out about something trivial like the Seahawks losing or something serious like the state of our government. But instead, it helps me catch glimpses of the bigger picture and how God is redeeming what the enemy intended for evil. It is therefore my hope and prayer that no matter what happens the rest of this year, whether it's joyful recovery or the just complete pandemonium before the second coming of Christ, that, that we might not get lost in the trees of our circumstances, but soar above them. May we see our circumstances through God's eyes. Amen. Let's pray. 
God, thank you so much um, that you have made us uh, to have relationship with you. And in that relationship, you don't just invite us to to just exist, but you invite us to, to have a renewed perspective, a renewed life, a transformed heart. God, and I pray, Lord, that when things get stressful and crazy, that we would trust in you and that you would give us that perspective to see, uh, to see your plan unfolding, God, that we might uh, have that renewed mind and heart to, to be able to, to see things from your eyes. So, Lord, be with us today, this, this morning. In your name we pray. Amen.